friend Tina and Wendy who drove in yesterday from Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, I'm just so excited for them to be here and help us plow this weekend, help us uh, bring some breakthrough in some areas that, you know, it, I just love working as a team with other people to see what God's going to do. And so um, we're like flowers. So I even told Tina tonight, I was like, we're going to flow tonight, and whatever's in Daddy's heart, we're just going to begin to release and be free in that to do whatever God says to do. But um, this afternoon, I was just spending some time with the Lord, and I just kept feeling, um, I felt the Spirit of God just kept saying, the Comforter is here. And I heard it like several times, like, the Comforter is here. And it was like one of those moments, like I think even Pete was feeling that tonight. It was almost like that feeling, like Peter was singing about, I want to see your face. That intimacy, like you just want to crawl up in your father's lap moment. Like you just want him to hold you and rock you like a baby and ease any pain, ease any worry, ease anything that you've been going through. Um, that's what I saw tonight, like you just crawling up on daddy's lap and just, and I know that's weird for some of you, but I'm going to tell you, the Father and the presence of God is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And when we begin to treat him like he's not some far distant person, that he's somebody that can be right here with us, then we have this tangible presence that allows us through Holy Spirit to feel him and to see him and to have interaction through the Holy Spirit. And so I just kept hearing, like, the comforter is here tonight. I saw that some of you have been going through some rough times, hard times recently, but the Lord kept saying that tonight it's going to end. And let me just tell you, like, he started showing me, like, even the scripture for that, because I was like, where well, there's other places where people had gone through some, some hard things, and then God comes and comforts them. So I went and I found this scripture in Isaiah 40, and it says, Comfort for God's people. <laughs> That's the whole title of it. And it just says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And it says, Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone <laughs> and her sins are pardoned. If you're thinking like you're this sinful person, God's already pardoned you. Like it's a done deal. So you don't have to carry that mess anymore. And then it says, yes, Lord, God, the Lord God has, has punished her twice over for all her sins. And then it keeps going and says, listen like with an exclamation. Like it wasn't like, hey, can you listen? It was like, listen, like awake. Like Pete was talking about, like an awakening happening in your spirit. Like listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. When somebody shout, it startles you. It like wakes you up. It like snaps you out of something. And then it says, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. We don't have to stay there in the wilderness. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys 
and level the mountains and the hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places, and then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. See, we think that it's us out of works, smoothing out things, doing things, but God is trying to teach us now that we don't have to be a person of works all the time, but that he comes in, he's making way, he's comforting us, his people, and he's bringing breakthrough to each and every one of us, and we just have to, we just have to like sometimes move aside for Jesus to come in. Sometimes the things we're trying to make perfect, they're not going to ever be perfect. We try to make ourselves perfect at times, and God's like, if you just move out of the way, I'll come in and make everything smooth. I'll come in and move all the distractions. I'll come in and move things that are in your way. But sometimes we want to be the ones that have our hands in everything. And God's like, I'm your comforter. I'm here tonight to comfort you. And, like, it was so crazy because I was, like, in the presence of God this afternoon, and I could just feel his love so heavy for his children. And it's like I just started to weep and to cry in the presence this afternoon because when you can feel that love of the Father and it becomes real to you, then you know, like, he's there, the Holy Spirit's there to comfort you. Like, you're never by yourself. You don't have to deal with things on your own or feel alone at times because that's just the enemy making you feel that way. But you're not alone. And so as I go on, and I, and I just kept reading this, look what it says. It says in Psalms 56, 8 through 10. Because I, could, I kept hearing, like, people crying and weeping, like, just with this sadness. And it says, you're... You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. When they say book, it's the book of life, not the book of death. Because he resurrected and there was life. It's a book of life where he has our path, he has our stories written in this book way before we were born. And so when we realize that when you feel alone or you feel like, man, I'm going through this thing all by myself, it's just me, and God's like, no, I'm collecting your tears, I'm collecting your sorrows, and I'm bottling them up, and I'm putting them in the book, the book of life. That's what he does. And then get, listen to this. It says, it says, my enemies will retreat when I call you for help. They don't have no choice. It's not like, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe God will do this. And no, it says, my enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. Some of us, we get so caught up in what we're dealing with that we don't even bother to cry out for help sometimes. Because we're, tr we're thinking we're alone, we're trying to figure things out, and God is saying, you haven't even asked me for help. You haven't even searched me out to see what I thought about the matter, what, what I feel that I need to do in that situation. And then it gets better. It says, this I know, 
God is on my side, exclamation point. <laughs> God's on my side. And then it says, I praise God for what he has promised. And then it says, yes. It says it twice. That's the double-double. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. We've taken our eyes off of the promises. It's always been about his promises. When they left Egypt, it was always about the promises that he had in store for us. And you're like, well, yeah, well, I'm not traveling the grounds and walking miles and miles in this desert wilderness. Yeah, you do sometimes in the spirit. You do sometimes when you get hit and you're going through things and you're walking around the mountain over and over again. And God's like, just worship me. Just praise me. Just search me out. Let me cut in here. Let me make things smooth. Let me make things happen for you on your behalf. You know, we were doing a radio broadcast today with Tina, and we were talking about grace. And people's uh, version of grace is so different in everybody's life. And, and, and Pete asked this question on the radio. He was like, is grace um, something you can create, is there, or is it supernatural? And I said, well, it's supernatural because it's from heaven, grace. And it, what grace does is it comes in and makes the impossible possible for us. That way when we cry out for help, like it says right there in Psalms 56, 8 through 10, it says when you cry out for help, that grace comes in and makes the impossible possible for us. And then we're like, oh my God, I don't even know how you did it, God, but somehow you worked this in the equation of having breakthrough and you came in and sought it all out for me and it wasn't even by my works, but by your hand just coming over it and just dealing with it. And so um, if you keep on reading like in Isaiah, because I started in Isaiah 40, and if you read the beginning of Isaiah 40, if you read before that, they went through some things. They got attacked. They went through some things. And then here's Isaiah in, in, in 41, and he's talking about comfort my people. And then it goes from comforting the people, and it goes to Isaiah 40, 31, which we have this probably engraved in our spirit. We're talking about eagles arise. But when we're caught up in these situations, we don't realize these things. We just say them so lightly sometimes and when we're reading our word. And it says, 4031 in Isaiah, it said, but they who wait for the Lord. Some of us don't know how to wait. It's just the truth. We don't know how to wait. We want everything quick and fast. But those who wait on the Lord... Sometimes in the waiting, in the wilderness, in that process of waiting is where the very breakthrough is. It's the weakest state of your life where you're the most powerful at. And here we are thinking and become ashamed of our weaknesses and we don't talk about our weaknesses sometimes. And yet that is the most powerful part of our life is our weaknesses. It's so crazy because that's the way the kingdom of God works. It's always a flip side. It's always the opposite. You go to somebody and you tell them about your weaknesses, and, you know, their view of you can sometimes change when you talk about weaknesses. 
And it's sad to say, but that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God grabs weaknesses and empowers the very thing that's weak inside of you and brings something new to it. And so if you keep, if you read that, if you keep reading, shall renew their strength. Where does the renewing of strength come? In waiting for the Lord. So you wait, you get renewed in their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Not with our own powers. That's because sometimes you don't feel like praying. That's just the truth. Sometimes you're not all fired up and all with the zeal for Jesus, and you're like, man, I don't feel like I can walk. I feel like I'm going to faint. And God's like, no, have you waited for me? Have you pursued me? Have you, have you cried out to me for help? Because in that crying out in that wilderness area, that's when he comes in and he's your strength. He's the one that picks you up. He's the one that carries you so you don't fall and faint, so you don't fall and stumble. But we have to sometimes wait for him, and sometimes it's a process we don't want to do. Sometimes we want to make quick decisions. And I tell everybody, if you're being pressured to make a decision, that's not Jesus. Jesus leads you to things. He is gentle. He is awesome about just coming and taking your hand and leading you into the direction you're supposed to go. And if you're feeling pressured and like this heaviness on you and these worries and these burdens, that is not the Lord. He won't do that to his children. Then if you go on, and it says in Psalm 17, 8, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. When it talks about the shadow of your wings, that speaks to me of intimacy. That speaks to me of stopping your busyness and getting, it's like the crawl up moment with Jesus. Like, man, I have nothing else to give God, but I just need to crawl up on your lap, get cuddled up with you so close of intimacy with you, God, that the breakthrough is sitting right there in that moment. And if you're questioning, well, God, do you still see me as something amazing? Do you still see me even though I'm in my weakest area in the wilderness? Do you still see me the same? It says there, <clears throat> it says there right there, it says, keep me as the apple of your eye. That means that you already are the apple of his eyes. Because if you're keeping it, you already are the apple of his eye. See, when you, it's the perspective. It's the way you look at your situations and your things. You're already the apple of his eye. It's not anything you have to earn. To keep is to be in intimacy with him. To hold on to something is, is just being before the Lord. Then it keeps saying, Yes, Lord. I had this vision yesterday. I went, in, I went and I got in my truck, and I had to go run and, and do some errands. And I get very busy in my days here sometimes. And I said, man, I just have to, like, break away, go take a drive. You know, sometimes you have to get away 
from your situation. Sometimes you have to break away from that thinking and that mode, and you have to just take a drive sometimes. And sometimes just a quick drive will refresh you, will refocus you, will help you to get back to where you're supposed to be with the Lord. And so I went on this drive, and I began to have a vision. And for like weeks now, weeks now, it's so crazy, but I have been seeing eagles everywhere in the area here. Every time I went to the store, there was these beautiful eagles just, just soaring above the building, soaring where I went at the store, sewing everywhere next to the truck. Like one day this eagle literally just came so close to our truck and I could literally like just see the wings and the white underlay of its wings and it was so beautiful. And I just, I was just in awe of the beauty of this eagle. And I, I, kept, I kept seeing this, this vision that day when I took that ride And I saw the eagles, they have these talons on their feet. And I, as looking on the, on the, on the, on the the ground, like we have a lot of farmers right now, they've been plowing. And as I looked across, I began to see the eagles' talons stuck to the ground with barbed wire. And I began to ask the Lord, I said, God, I was like, I saw the eagle, like, try, like, and this is in the spirit, guys. I began to see the eagle just begin to, like, try to pop up and try to get released from this thing. And they kept trying so hard with their own power, their own strength, their own thinking, their own everything about just them, their flesh. And then all of a sudden, I saw the Lord show up. And I saw the Lord come and begin to take off the barbed wires from their feet for them to be loosened and them to be released to fly again. And so I was like, oh, my God, Jesus. I was like, you are so awesome that you would take the time to come unhook us from things that we got stuck on here in the natural, on the ground, because sometimes we spend too long grounded on things. And I'm not talking about grounded in his word or ground. No, I'm talking about grounded, getting in the junk, messing with all the stuff that we shouldn't be messing with. We give it too much of our time. We give it too much of our, of our mind. And God's like, it's time to fly. Why are you, how many eagles, let me just ask you a question. In the natural, are, are eagles the type of bird that you'll just see like sitting there on the ground? You never see eagles just hanging out on the ground somewhere. Why? They're never, they were never created to be on the ground level. They were always, always created to fly high, to be on the mountaintop. Where they reside, where they hold their nest are high up in the mountains. They don't even put their nest on the ground areas. Why? Because they know that the enemy is going to come and get to their eggs and kill, kill their babies. There's wisdom that the eagles have. There's wisdom that you begin to grab in the spirit. And you're like, if eagles in the natural are never grounded, 
then why do we get stuck in areas of our life that ground us in our minds and the way we think? And we stay grounded. And then guess what? The enemy has every right to come and try to squash the very thing we were created to do, to fly higher, to fly higher into the things that he has for us, to catch flight. And that day when I was driving in my truck, I could feel these, I mean, it was so windy outside. Like I was fighting with my truck to open the door. It was kind of like that today too when I walked outside there. But like the wind is blowing so hard and I'm like trying to pry my door open to go to the store and pull my door open. And I just began to feel and see in my spirit that the winds are what bring the healing to the eagle. The winds are what bring the healing to the feathers when they've been damaged or they've been hurt. It's almost like the wind is what literally comes and pushes the eagle to fly and soar even higher than it normally does. It's like when it's tired, when it's weary, the winds come in and lift that eagle to fly even higher than they could ever imagine. That's why they soar. Because when their wings just come lifting out like that, they're on the wind of the Father. His breath is blowing on them. And I just began to see these healing winds just come underneath some of us. Some of us have been going through a hard time. We've been like getting all, like, I kid you not, this is the craziest thing. Last week, I hurt my hand so much with cutting them. I had like cuts on my wrist, cuts on my fingertips, and I'm like, good Lord, like what is wrong with me? Do I need to go like to some school or something? I just kept cutting myself everywhere. And the Lord began to talk to me through that. And I was like, God, what are you trying to say? Because like I keep cutting my hands everywhere. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, let me tell you. He's like, that's how my eagles are right now. They get wounded. They get cuts. They get a little bruised sometimes. But then my wind comes and helps them to soar higher than their circumstance, higher than their situation, that they fly and they soar above the things that once got them stuck at one point. And the barbed wire on their talons has to come off, has to be clipped off for them to begin to fly again. And I was like, oh, my God, Jesus. I was like, that is so good because it's the wind that comes and it and it reproduces where they're going. It gives them the direction of where they're going to fly. Have you ever seen an eagle try to fight against the wind? No. They glide and soar with the wind. And everything is easy. Like, have you ever seen an eagle soar? Everything is so easy. It's like, like they're just going like this everywhere where God is taking them because God created them, and they don't fight against the wind. Like, you never see an eagle all messed up and broken and all a mess with this wind. No, they've learned to guide, to go and flow with the winds of heaven, literally. And sometimes we have to do that too. We try to stay in a place for way too long, longer than we're supposed to. And we get cut up and we get wounded and we go through things. And God is trying to transition us to new things and new places. And we have to be guided with his winds. I believe that's why the winds have been blowing so strong this weekend. 
is because in the natural, God does things in the natural that he's trying to do in the spirit. He's trying to teach us to fly again. And some of us want to stay there in that same area doing the same thing all day, all night. And God's like, no, honey, I'm going to send these winds and you're going to begin to soar again. You're going to begin to fly again. And you're, you don't even have to do anything but just let me take you there. In your worship, in what you do for God, he's just going to take you to that place where you're supposed to be. It's not supposed to be of works. One day I was out here, because I'm telling you, the eagles have been crazy out. And I was out here, and I was taking out some trash or something from the building. And this eagle just comes, and it's so beautiful, just soaring above me. And I remember looking up at the eagle, and I looked right into the eagle's eyes, like literally, because it came low enough. I don't even how, how, but it came low enough where I could see its eyes. And the Lord began to speak to me, and he says, you've got to begin to interact, interact with the eagles. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, talk to it. And I, and I know it sounds silly, and you're like, what is she thinking? What is she doing? But look, I'm one of those people, if God's telling me to do something, I do it and I don't ask questions. Obedience surpasses all understanding. I live by that in my life. So I'm sitting there and I'm like interacting with this eagle and I'm just like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Like you're so majestic. You're so gorgeous. Oh my God. I could just see every single feather just flowing on you. And the eagle literally went like this to me. I caught the eagle's attention that it went like this and looked down at me. And the Lord says, sometimes you have to interact with me. You have to interact with me. You have to communicate with me. You have to have relationship with me. Catch my attention with your interaction with me. Talk to me like I'm your best friend. And in that talking to me as your best friend, guess what? You're going to catch my attention, and I'm going to look at you. And you're going to get so much of my attention that, we're, that something's going to happen. And then this excitement gets stirred up inside of you because you're like, oh, my God, I caught my papa's attention. You know when you're a kid and you want your father's attention? Like, I just want to make my papa happy in the natural that's the way it feels with the Lord. We want to make our Papa in, ha- in heaven happy. We want to interact with our Papa, and we want to have relationship with him, not just see him as this far-off person that is unobtainable. I did religion for a long time, and it never made me feel good. It was just a thing to come in and do and say you did it. I can't live like that in my life anymore. He's become so real to me that he's my best friend. And to those moments that I get caught up in things, like the talents got caught up on that barbed wire, something inside of me feels like it's dying. You feel like you're dying in those moments where you've had no interaction with the Father. And it's like, that's why you have to stop and interact and have relationship with the Father because you feel dead inside. But he's not death. He doesn't make you feel that way. But when you begin to put yourself aside, come crying for help to him, 
it's okay if you don't have it all put together perfect. I feel like that's for somebody here tonight. It's okay if you don't have it perfectly done. There's grace and there's mercy. If it wasn't for grace and mercy, then we would all be striving to be perfect. There's no strife in the Father's kingdom. There's none. And some of us have to, keep, have to stop striving to be this perfect person for those around us when he's already created us in his perfect image to look like him, to talk like him, to walk like him. And some of us are still striving to make those around us happy. And God's like, I'm already happy with you. I'm already content with my creation. It's almost like when you paint a picture and you stand back and look at the picture and you're like in awe of what you did, not even realizing what you drew or what you painted. You're like, oh my God, I never even knew I could do that. And that's the way God looks at us. He's like, oh my God, look at my creation. Look what I, look at my masterpiece that I created in each one of my sons and my daughters. But yet we're still str trying to strive to make people around us happy. And God's all, I'm already happy with you. I'm already content with you. You are the way you are because I've instilled something inside of you that is burning, that wants to come out. There's, some, there's things inside of you, like I just feel the Lord on this. There's things inside of you that are trying to come out of you, and you keep holding it back. You keep causing it to shut down. You keep causing it to, be, to stay inside of you. And God's like, I created you to, be, to come out of that one thing that's been burning inside of you. It's not crazy. It's not some crazy thought you had in your head. I put that inside of you. And here we are trying to be, I always, Pete always laughs at me, my husband, because I say the prim and the proper. I can't be prim and proper anymore. Because I don't know about you, but when you're following Jesus, sometimes things become a mess. And I try not to clean it up. I let him clean it up for me. Things are messy when you're following the Lord. There's mistakes that are made. People hurt one another. Things happen. But let me tell you, he didn't create you to stay there. He doesn't want you to stay broken or a mess. He comes in and he picks you up. He gives you that strength again to help you not faint, to help you walk when you cry out for help to him. I once, I was in Alabama one time, and when I was in Alabama, <clears throat> I had this encounter with the Lord. And I began to see in the spirit these hundreds of eagles in front of me. And some of them were like these huge eagles. I mean like stout, big chested out like this. Because if you ever look at an eagle, their chest kind of bucks out. And, and I began to see these eagles standing in some lines like this. And then um, all of a sudden I saw where the enemy had come and knocked them down and they had fallen and the enemy had come to pick at their eyes. And some of these were seasoned people, like people who knew the Lord, they knew their word, they, it wasn't like these babies in Christ, they were people that were seasoned and I saw like all, and I knew they were seasoned and there were some of them were generals in the faith because I saw like 
the emblems and the patches that the Lord had given them in the Spirit. I saw the Lord come, and like they had like these medallions, and they had these things that hung from their necks that represented who they were in the kingdom of authority. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, what does this even mean? And he's like, they've been sitting there too long on the ground that the enemy has come to pick away at their vision that now they can't even see. And he says, I'm going to come and I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to brush them off. I'm going to heal their wings where they've been hurt, where they've been wounded. And I'm going to lift them up again and they're going to begin to soar and they're going to begin to fly again. And sometimes we get to that point where we are just so tired. I haven't heard so many people this past week, even in our prayer line, just say, man, I just feel like I want to give up. I don't know about this anymore. And God's like, no, let me pick you up. Let me restore your vision to even greater than what it was before. And let me help you to soar. Let me help you to fly again because it's time for the eagles to arise. And we can't, it's no longer us being stuck anymore in a place or stuck in a situation because he's coming to lift off the barbed wire off your talons. All day today, I just kept hearing in my spirit the sounds of the eagle and their cry. The Lord has heard your cry. He's heard you cry out for your help. And he's here tonight. And he's going to give you your breakthrough. He's going to come and lift you up, heal your wings again, mend them up, put it back together, and launch you off again. Because it's time. This whole thing has never been about us. It's always been about the Lord. But if we just come and just surrender everything to him, surrender all that we have, surrender our position, surrender all the things that we've been a part of, you would just give it back to him. He'll return it back in fullness. He'll return it back with a greater increase than we could ever imagine. So we have to stop holding on to things and let them go. We've got to lay it at the Father's feet like we were singing about tonight so that way we can be free of it and we can begin to soar again like the eagles that we're called to be. Just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, God. I began to see, um, we were doing the radio this morning, and I began to see, I began to feel and to see like a boat. And you know when a boat's in the water and it kind of rocks a little bit, and it's like rocking and rocking, and then all of a sudden it's rocking too much? And you're, like, freaking out, trying to grab onto the sides of the boat. Like, whoa, like, that was a little bit too much. You're, you're, this, these waters have become too much for me. Like, that's what I saw in the Spirit. And I know God's speaking through that. Because what happened was sometimes we freak out of the unknown. We freak out when things happen that we're not understanding God about. And we try to hold on for dear life to the sides of the boat. And God's like, I'm the calmer of the storms. I'm the calmer and I'm the comforter of the storms in your life. 
I command the waters to be still when they're supposed to be still. I command the waters to move when they're supposed to move. And here we are freaking out. Sometimes we think it's the enemy, and sometimes it's the Lord coming and shaking us and awakening us and shifting and moving things on the boat. Like the boat represents our ministry. And sometimes the waters get a little rough, and we're like, whoa, God, like, I don't know about this. And we hold on as tight as we can for dear life because fear comes upon us. And God's saying tonight, let go. Let me move these waters the way they're supposed to be moved. You're my boat. You're the one that I'm going to blow my winds over you tonight. And I'm going to take you to places you never thought you'd go. And I'm going to do so many things you never thought that you were going to do. Look, I'm a Texas girl, and here I am in Ohio. Let me tell you, I know that when you allow yourself to let go of things and let God take you in that boat that he has for you, and he's, he's, he's a person who leads us. He, we're, we're, we're like a tugboat to Jesus. And there's a rope at the end, and Jesus is just like going like this with each and every one of us. And sometimes we hold on a little too tight to things. And God's like, just let it go. Just let it go. And fear comes in. It's like, no, don't let fear take over. Jesus is with you. Right there where you're at, he's there right with you tonight. Don't let fear come in and rob the very new thing, the very thing you don't understand. I would always tell my youth this. I was like, God is in the very thing that you're not understanding. If you try to figure him out, you're going to go crazy. But if you submit and you're obedient to do what he tells you to do, he'll never fail you. You trust in him to move you in his direction. You trust in him. Why? Because his thoughts towards you are good every day. So what do you have to lose if his thoughts are good for you every single day when you wake up? You're his creation. I don't know about you, but if I spent time creating every little bit of somebody and I breathed life into them, I'm going to be real careful with them and I'm not going to harm them. Jesus is not trying to harm you. He's just taking you into, into some waters to awaken your spirit. He's taking you into un, some uneasy areas in your life to awaken those things that sometimes us ourselves have made slumber and we've made go to sleep. What happens when water gets splashed on your face? You wake up, right? You're like, oh my God, that water was so cold. Here in Ohio, the water's cold. <laughs> if you just get a little bit of that water and splash it on your face, let me tell you, you're going to wake up. Sometimes the boat is shifting and moving, and the waters get a little crazy. And if you've ever been in a boat, the water splashes sometimes in the boat. It's like it can't be helped when you're in a boat. But when that water comes, it comes with refreshing. It comes with an awakening. It comes with all of God's goodness just to fall on your face. And sometimes we're like, what was that, God? And we look at things in the natural, and God's like, don't let fear motivate you. Don't let fear move you anymore. 
I'm the waters. I direct the waters. I'm directing you in your ministry. I'm directing every part of you. If you just let me pull you where you're supposed to be. If you just let me cause the tugboat to come around some corners, to turn in some areas you have to turn in. Decision-making is hard sometimes, but it has to be done. Jesus had to make decisions as he was walking, listening to the Father tell him things to do and to say. And decisions had to be made. And some, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I feel like this is the Spirit of God. Sometimes you have to make decisions that are difficult and hard. And sometimes you may not keep the same people around you in those decision makings. I'm in Ohio. My whole friends, my family's in Texas. But you know what? I, it's more important to me to do the things of the Father, to be obedient to the things of the Lord than anything else in my life. I've chosen to put that first in my life no matter what. And that's what matters more to me because I already know his thoughts are good for me every single day when I wake up. His grace and his mercy surround us every single day. So don't let the enemy come lie to you anymore. Don't let him steal from you or rob from you anymore. Be the eagle to arise tonight. Let those things go. Let the comforter come and comfort you tonight. Why? Because he's putting all your little sorrows and your tears in a bottle. And you know what those tears become in? I saw this many years ago, but our tears and sorrows become the rain that feeds the seeds in our very belly, that feeds the seeds in our spirit that are dry in the wilderness times. And sometimes we think sorrow and mourning is something bad, but God is speaking and he's saying, look, I'm going to get those tears and it's going to turn into rain in your life, that it brings you refreshing, that it comes and it feeds those seeds to grow and to blossom inside of you on my timing. And then you become this beautiful thing God has created, so beautiful that there was nothing you had to do to even create it. So, God, we just, we just thank you tonight, God. We thank you for the eagles that are here tonight. We thank you for those that are going to come over the weekend, God. And we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you have for us, God. I know that you are just, just going to send us off this weekend and launch us off that high mountain again. You know, Moses would go into the mountains for that intimate moment with, with, with God. Some of us need to go to our mountains again for that intimacy with God. So, God, we just thank you tonight. We just pray, God, that the launching just come tonight for your eagles. We ask that you put out the launching pad tonight, God. That brings the comfort. You know, like, I just, I just saw this real quick. Like, there's, like, God's extending this comforter out for you right now. Like, just a comforter for you to rest on tonight. For you to have his peace again tonight. And in that moment, God is going to come and make that comfort area in your life, make it a launching pad for you to just leap up high in the air 
and soar again like the eagle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Just a couple things. I really, I just kind of want to just stay in this atmosphere. Just uh, <clears throat> can we just begin to just pray and just to see what the Lord has for us tonight? We want to be obedient to what the Lord has, and I believe that there's some of us in here that you came for a reason. I feel like the Lord's gonna give you what you need tonight. I know we're gonna have meetings tomorrow. Tina's gonna be speaking tomorrow as well. And then again on Sunday. So I encourage you that if you can't try to make these meetings, because tonight's just, uh, we're just getting started. Uh, what is your daughter's name? Ma Mallory? You just make me happy. You make the Lord happy. There's just a joy about you. You light up the room. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Um, um, brother uh, Carlos, the gentleman that's sitting next to your friend, um, I just want to share what I, I felt in my heart for you. And I, I was able to see something for you. And, and I saw like where, where you were a young man. You had many dreams and aspirations, and I saw where, like, something about wanting to travel, you know, and it was really wild. Like, there was something about wanting to travel, and, 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 and I saw, like, like, even now more recently, I saw, like, literally, I saw, like, a map kind of come in front of me, and I saw the Lord beginning to push pins in this map. And I feel like there's a grace for you right now for you to begin to pick the areas that you want to go to this season. Because the Lord, it's like you've been through a season where you've given everything that you've had for the Lord. And I feel like the Lord just wants to bless you. He wants to bless you and bless you. And it's like you pick a spot. And I'm going to bring the provision. And I'm going to allow you to go where you want to be. You know, I remember when we moved from Texas to Alabama. And when I went to Alabama... We were there for four years. And I remember asking the Lord, because when we, when we got the word that we were going to move to Alabama, we had confirmation, like word after word, that we were supposed to leave. We knew we had to be there. God just... But when our time began to finish, our season was finishing in Alabama, I began to ask the Lord, I said, Lord, what's next? Sometimes we go through a season where we're like, Lord, what's next? What, what do you have for me next? You know, I've been, I've, I've done this. I, I've, 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 I was obedient, Lord. I did everything that you wanted me to do. What now? What now? And I said, Lord, where, do you, where are you going to send me? Because I just want to go where you want me to be. You know, of course I wanted to go to Texas because that's where my family was from. But I wanted to be where the Lord wanted me to be. And I remember I, I was sitting in my, 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 my office, and I was praying, and the Lord began to show me a map. And that's why it, it was really familiar, brother, that I saw this map.
Because the Lord allowed me to see a map. And in this, this encounter that I had with the Lord, I'm sitting in my office. I saw, like, I heard the Lord say, where do you want to go? And then I picked New York. And he said, yes. And then I went to Chicago. And he said, yes. And then I went to, like, Colorado. And he was like, yes. And then I went to Texas. And he said, yes. And I said, God. Everywhere I'm picking, you're saying yes. I'm looking for direction. I'm asking God, I want to know where you want me to be. I need to know where do you want me. Just give me a word. Because when you sent me to Alabama, you were like, everywhere I went. I mean, it got so bad that I went. I had an, an apostolic leader in the state of Texas come to my studio, walk in, and says, can I talk to you? I said, yes. He said, first of all, you are going to Alabama. And I was running from Alabama. So I'm asking God, Lord, I just want to, I need direction, God. I said, you're saying yes to everything. And the Lord told me this. He said, because you said yes when I called you and your obedience, I will give you the desires of your heart. Brother, because you said yes and because you were obedient, He's saying, I will give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> Y'all feel that wind? Pick a spot, bro. Because it's like the Lord is saying, yes, yes. Mm. Thank you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you for the eagles. <laughs> Shay, is your name Shay? Did I say that right? I don't Sometimes the Lord shows me some things, brother, and I don't understand why I see what I see. But I saw you like, like you were in college. And I saw you like in a dorm room. And I saw like, <laughs> um, I saw the Lord go into your room. And I saw him like, throw a blanket around you. Kind of like they would do when you were in a fraternity. I don't know if you were ever in a fraternity. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know nothing about you, brother. But I saw, I saw the Lord go into your room. It's a now word, but the Lord is referring it to then. But it's a now time for you. I saw the Lord go and throw this blankie, this blank, blankie, blankie, like this blanket. Do you have a blankie, bro? If you do, that's okay. No judgment. I'm just. But I saw the Lord throw a blanket over you. <laughs> but after he threw the blanket on you, he tackled you and threw you over his shoulder.
And the Lord loves you so much. I feel the love of the Father for you right now. But the Lord says, tell him. And these are the words that I heard. He says, tell him, you got to get away. You got to get away. And he wants to be in that intimate place with you. And he wants to swoop you away. See, the blanket represents the peace. It represents comfort. And the Lord's carrying you in this season. But he wants to take you to that place where it's just you and him. Father. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Are you guys okay? That's just that presence of the Lord. See, we don't want to rush the presence. Amen. I saw him giving you platform shoes right now, just like right now. He's elevating you to a new level. Like things the way you used to see, the Lord is opening your eyes and you're about to see like you've never seen before. Even like in the natural, the Lord is, he's, he's taking your stature higher. He's taking you higher. Hmm. You're awesome, bro. You really are. You're a builder. You're a builder in the kingdom. And you're very significant. And the Lord loves you, bro. God, she loves you. Man. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Tina, you can jump in if you feel something. You just, come on. We're just, we're just hanging out. We're just hanging out. Thank you, Father. Mm. Wow. What about Sunday? Won't you watch me? There's a healing anointing that just came in. If there's somebody in here tonight, 
And I believe there's one person in here. And if you don't want to come up, that's fine. But I'm just telling you what, if you've been diagnosed, I'm just going to say, it's like it's almost like it's breast cancer. It's a female. If you've been told or there's a fear of breast cancer, the Lord's going to heal you tonight. He's what the Lord reveals, he heals. Come on. that's anybody in here, please come up and get your healing. Thank you, Father. Jesus. coming, God, and unhooking us in the places where we've gotten stuck in, God, that you're releasing us tonight, God. You're releasing us to soar, to fly above our circumstances, above situations, God, that come up in our lives, God. You're causing us to soar where we can see more clearly tonight, God. So we just pray that tonight our eyes would be open, our ears would begin to be open, God. We can hear you calling us, each and every one of us, by our name tonight, God. That you're calling us to go higher, God. You're calling us to soar again. For the ego inside of us to begin to rise up. (laughs) God, I thank you for your joy. I thank you for your love tonight, God, and for your presence, God. We just come in thanksgiving tonight, God, for your goodness. And we just speak blessings, blessings over every family, 
over every situation, God. You're going to, the winds are just going to come and just begin to lift underneath the wings of everybody here tonight. And you're going to feel such a change that when you walk out of this place tonight, you're going to feel refreshed. (laughs) You're going to feel like a feeling from heaven come on you right now. You're going to feel his hand just come above you right now. And you're going to feel this feeling in the areas where you've been feeling empty. You're going to feel the Lord fill those areas again with his goodness. And it's just going to happen right now, God. You're going to fill it again, God. Every void, every emptiness, every part, God, that we don't understand, God, You're going to bring understanding tonight. In Jesus' name.